Welcome to the Serious Social podcast, created by the straight-talking social media experts at Immediate Future. In this episode of Serious Social, Katie Howell raises the issues about building brand communities, the values it offers and how best to crack the community code. Well, hi. This is a rather impromptu Serious Social, but I thought it was a really good idea to bring something up that I'm hearing quite a lot of. I spend most of my life um, talking to brands and marketeers and over recent months, there's been a recurring question um, specifically what what we want to build um, branded communities, which is brilliant, um, really interesting, but is also a bit of a challenge. Um, most people that when they think about branded communities are considering whether or not they can pull people together around their brand and have champions and make sure that they um, create a, an environment in which they can get advocates and maybe cross-sell, upsell, build loyalty. Sounds great. It also sounds really simple, like many things in social media. It sounds like the simplest thing you can do, which is why not set up a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group? But it's not the simplest thing. And this is a real challenge right now, which is that it feels like an easy thing to do. But setting up a branded community is not easy. So one of the things that we see quite a lot of, and after 16 years in social, I've seen a lot of these, are branded communities that are um, that have tumbleweed in them now. They're kind of defunct. Um, nobody really chats in them. You, you kind of see quite a lot of these on LinkedIn, but I tell you, there's a fair few on Facebook. So let's start with what is a branded community? So I, I dug this up from... Um, let me just put this up. So uh, from Wikipedia, it's a bit of a shortened version of it, but there you go. Um, but the reality is that lots of people think that in social, a branded community are your followers, but they're not a community. They are your followers and they're often your fans and sometimes your super fans. But actually a good branded community is much more than that. It's deeper than that. And I think that we misinterpret the word community quite a lot um assuming it just means volume of people but community is actually sort of integrated it's a web of connections that that talk to each other as much as they talk to us as a brand so really good example is harley davidson um who built a brand community a number of years ago ardent consumers don't get me wrong they love the brand but they're organized much more around lifestyle activities and the kind of ethos of the brand and that's what you're looking for i think one of the reasons and i think this is really interesting because there's been some changes uh through the pandemic in the way that we behave and i think some of the reason why CMOs are asking about branded communities is that they're seeing that behavior from our audiences. Um, so according to GWI, people are turning to kind of these smaller communities for authentic connections. Um, their data, which I looked at yesterday, shows that 64% of online community site visitors say they're visiting those sites more often than they did a couple of years ago. And we're seeing the same too. And 46% say that 
these communities have become more and more important to them. It feels like audiences are moving to a niche and away from being broadcasters. We're not throwing stuff into our timelines for public consumption, but actually bringing it closer to those kind of connections. And that is probably the view that most CMOs that spend any time in social are seeing. So we want relevant connections. And in fact, a large amount of these communities are being built in the dark. So on WhatsApp, on Messenger, on little groups and closed private groups. You know, I mean, even my neighbourhood here has a has a closed private Facebook group since lockdown where we all chat and talk about dog poo on the streets, basically. Um, so, um but it's it's really interesting because this dark social, this social which is private and and really inaccessible uh, to brands, the big social networks are trying to make it more accessible to us as brands, but we don't own it. Um, and then you have groups like Guild who don't allow the brands to muck about, but actually have these amazingly integrated groups that share really good information across the board. I mean, they're predominantly B2B guild, um, but they. what's really interesting about it is the depth of conversation that actually keeps people coming back. And that is where we're heading right now. People want more and they want quality. So people are hungry for that sense of connection. And Actually, GWI also goes on to, I'm just reading this out, sorry. Um, GWI goes on to say, findings from our study show that making connections with other people who have similar interests, 66, 66% is one of the primary drivers behind why users engage in online communities. So it's about interests and it's about connections. So the question is, can brands really kind of create communities? If so, why do so many of them fail? And the thing is, the community around a brand is so tempting, isn't it? Because you think, well, this is going to be more efficient. These are people who like us. This is we can express our brand authenticity and all those wonderful things about our purpose. And we can build loyalty. But the problem is that none of that comes without investment and, and a really serious truckload of investment. And I don't just mean budgets. I mean resource and thinking and vested time and everyday vested time. A great community doesn't just turn on and turn off. And that is a big commitment for any brand and any CMO. So what are the steps? I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole lot because we'd be here for hours, but I want to I want to share with you why it's so important that you don't just set up a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group. Or you don't suddenly wade in on a forum and, or set up a thread without thinking about it. The first. So I asked I asked my colleagues, actually, and a couple of them have come up with some tips. So I'm, they, I've incorporated those in some of the, the steps I'm, I'm talking about. So the first one is from Belle. Um, and she she makes a, a really valid point about clarity. Too many communities are set without a strategy. Nobody knows where they're going or what that what the purpose of that community is. Is setting up a community is like back in the day, people would say to me, "We want to be on Twitter," and I, you know, 
that that's not a strategy. That that's just being on Twitter, and uh, that takes you about five minutes, and you can be on Twitter. The strategy and the objectives and goals that you should be pursuing is what purpose will that serve? What will that feed into? And I know that's really one on one, but it's it never never stops surprising me how many people don't do that. How many people? walk away from that thinking prior to doing this because it's such an easy point of entry. So decide on your community. Is it a community of authority? Is it a community of support or customer support? Is it a group of your employees? Is it specialists? Is it your consumers who are your fans or consumers who are fans of an interest group that sit alongside that? Great example, just mentioning Guild again. So uh, B2B Marketing, the magazine, has a leaders program on Guild, which has about 100 CMOs. And they talk about exclusive content, live events, um, online peer community that actually talk to each other um, and that they have a really singular purpose this is a leadership community for the b2b sector and and the same challenges and same problems that everybody is suffering from at the time that can be shared you know should you do abm this way should you do this that way all of these things what crm system works best is this product better than the other all of these questions are being shared in a community of people who sit together and work in similar interest groups whether they are professional or otherwise the other part to thinking with clarity is understanding that your strategy needs to flex. It isn't good enough to have a community strategy that is one cent- one single goal. And part of the reason it needs to flex is that you need to nudge and nurture a community. I always think about this more like my neighbourhood um, and the brilliant people that that organized the street parties back in the days when we could have street parties, but organized street parties. So I was thinking, good Lord, they're so good at galvanizing all of us. And then you get told what you have to bring and everybody helps out and everybody contributes. There are people pulling out trestle tables and somebody organizing the plastic hats and, uh, and everything else. But there is always one or two people right at the center of that that make it happen. And that is really crucial because that is the role that the brand should take is galvanizing through nudging and nurturing and intense planning about what goes ahead. So take Red Bull as an example. They don't talk about fizzy drinks. They don't expect people to fall over themselves to talk about a can of of sweet, sugary stuff. Um, But they do talk about adventure and sports and extreme everything, (laughs) which fits with their brand messaging and ultimately building that community that sits around their brand. So number two comes from Colin, um, who kindly... Uh, reminds us, which is something that we're doing quite a lot of these days, which is it's not about volume of content. It's about quality of content Uh, um, and producing that content that's relevant to your audience. Um, Just because it's a community doesn't mean you can get away without thinking about it. I'm not talking about quality of video, although for some brands that will matter. If you're Red Bull, you want good quality video. I'm talking about the actual substance that sits behind your content. And that takes time. That's the the thinking before you put pen to paper or or drag out your Photoshop. Um, 36% of community members across various sites say they want to have meaningful conversations. Uh, 
really as a brand that's quite a difficult thing to do you're you're a brand not a person so you have to plan how you're going to have meaningful conversations and community topics really vary between humor and niche interests your content needs to really bend and flex even on the day that it is, you know, which day is it today? Is it a good day? Is it a bad day? What's in the news? What moments are happening? Um, what's really interesting, the more, a little bit more GWI, a Global Web Index data, which says 27% of community users want brands to be bold. 29% of them want to be funny. 57%, so over half of them, want them to be reliable. Reliable. You know how I said consistent at the beginning? That means you need to plan for the emotional and the entertaining and the always on. So uh, the next point is it goes without selling, without saying, without selling, without saying don't sell. Uh, It's tempting, I know, but what you really need to do is create quite a rigid message architecture um, so that you stop yourself from going, ah, brand is brilliant, because it is so tempting. (laughs) It's so tempting, particularly particularly if you get that kind of feedback from your community as well. It's really tempting. Uh, You really have to the way to avoid being too salesy, too buy my stuff, and that includes, by the way, when it comes to community, inserting the offers and deals and things like that. Be really careful. You need to understand your audience. Building communities around offers and deals will just, you know, just it will bring you one type of audience. And the more sales you get, the more competitions you run, the more compers you'll get. These are not your customers. This is not a community. This is just people who are following you and taking the best out of the opportunity that is given to them. So that means that you need to think about the flow of conversation and your voice. And you really need to think about your voice. This is not just tone for brand. This is your conversational voice. What is it going to be? And then how you use that voice to unite them, this community that you're building through shared goals, shared experiences, and a need to follow you as a cause for something. Uh, the next, the next point, number four, is uh, uh, managing the community is a full-time job. And this is a really interesting thing because back in the day when social wasn't even social, it was all message boards and forums, we used to have community managers uh, and moderators. And we don't hear the word moderators anymore. But actually, the management of a community is less management and control and much more about curation and co-creation a good community manager is is actually much more about inspiring and sparking that interest um you know you know the brand vans the skateboarding shoes um they built a really great community by co-creating and co-creating with lead users within each of the sports communities to co-design new products that is a community. I mean, we say, I won't go on about Lego because everybody goes on about Lego, but Lego does exactly the same thing. And that means that your community is more than marketing. So you need to drive it up the food chain into your business. So how will your community be part and integrated with your business? 
And that means you quite often need to embrace conflict and disagreement, not necessarily trolling, but people who don't feel the same way. And it also means you need to consider who are your VIPs, who deserves kudos, how will you nurture the super users? Because they are the people that will help support you in nurturing and nudging your community. Last point. So... Build and they will come. Oh, my gosh, this is this is, feels like a 90s conversation I'm having, which is the temptation that people have to create a, cons- uh, a community and then just hope that people will just turn up and fall in love with it. And, but the world is too noisy. There are so many profiles and so many places we can spend our time that in reality that doesn't ha- happen. You have to use paid. You have to drive acquisition. You have to push people towards your community. But that isn't enough either. You, ha- you have to do more than drive acquisition. You have to have an acquisition strategy that it also includes an onboarding strategy. And you see this in some of the kind of app type communities where you're being asked to fill in extra bits and you're, you know, you sort of join and then they say, please tell us what you're interested in. Please add to this group. You might be interested in this. And it is an onboarding strategy to get you involved in that community, kind of like the new neighbor drinks. Think of it that way. Um, but but you cannot just leave it um, simply to sit there waiting for people to come. It's never worked. It hasn't worked in the 30 years I've done marketing. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> Let me just turn, turn that off. Right. So one last point. Where do you build this community? Because it's a huge investment. You can see it. Even if it isn't a massive financial investment, it's a time investment and it's a focus investment. And if you want to get ROI, you need to think deeply. Now, I haven't got a straightforward answer for you. You can, number one, play where they're playing, um, which is to build your community on Facebook or within a Twitter group or within uh, a uh, a LinkedIn group, you can you can build your community within the social sphere or in a forum or in a thread on Reddit, on Twitch. You can build your community if that's what you want to do. But there is a risk. Um, there is a risk that, of course, the platforms change their minds and the platforms change their minds an awful lot, don't they? You know, suddenly groups are being published everywhere and then suddenly they're not and you find yourself silenced and you find you can't put images in groups because you could yesterday, but you can't today. So you are at the whim of investing a great deal of time and effort in building a community that you don't own on a platform you don't own. And and we do hear those cries. People say, we want to move our community over here. We've changed our company name. We need to move it over here. It is just an expensive and challenging job and you lose people in the effort of doing that. So, so it is one of those things, but the advantage being is this is where people play and there is a resistance bearing in mind we're on whatever it is, eight or so social media platforms on average in the UK, you kind of go, there is a resistance to, um, to going to somewhere new. So you can build your own, you can create your own. There are lots of different apps and different platforms that you can buy, use to create your own community. But then you have the job of persuading people to come away and then to consistently come to you, which means that you have to work a lot harder. 
And I think that is a really big challenge. And for most brands, that tends to put them off. But you have to be aware of both pros and cons. So it is hard work, but there are great rewards for communities. Um, It's about reaching your users at those points of passions and that where you can be more relevant and spark really deep connections with consumers and done well it will build brand and it it can really help with that issue that we're all having at the moment which is how can we be authentic how can we have an authentic voice it's uh will help and support you with loyalty um lifetime customer value Advocacy and amplification, peer-to-peer support, which can be superb if you. If, uh, and there are lots of tech communities that do exactly that, and it can give you business ideas and creative thinking. So there is no two ways about it. A community is a fantastic way to consider connecting your brand to your customers and your future customers, where you can upsell and cross-sell and all that sort of stuff. But And the big but, I would say, is that we need to think when we talk about community about the investment it will take. It is a big ask. And to do it well and to get the ROI out the other end, you actually have to put quite a lot of effort in. I hope this is really useful. It is my first time going live on a multitude of channels. So excuse all the looking to one side and clicking on weird things um love it if you have some questions i think we have one quick question here from oh michelle uh so yes michelle has also written an article and i'll i'll pop a post in comments um about community it feels like the whole world is suddenly talking about it really feels like the early 2000s to me when everything was message boards and community so i i I think that there is a real opportunity for us to kind of cast down, well, those of us who are old enough to remember, cast our minds back to when it was all about building community on places like MySpace, yes, and Bebo and Habbo Hotel and all those places that we don't remember anymore. Um, so I hope this is really useful. I, I, I push this out because I think it's really timely and this is a, this is a good time to, to take stock before everybody rushes into setting up Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and weird and wonderful communities. And then we end up with tumbleweed about, you know, 12 months later. So please do feel free to ask questions um, afterwards, reply in comments. You know I'll always answer. Um, And thank you. Thank you for your time this morning. If you're after more know-how to break the social boring, Subscribe now and check out the show notes for links to our website and social profiles.